distributor what it was, he very unenthusiastically answered, oh, it's just a high-end toy for rich people. And I looked at him and I said, oh no, there's a segment of the population out there that can use this as a mobility device. And he looked at me as if I had three heads. Well, a few months later, Brandon purchased the device and was riding on it at the Richmond airport yep. where he met a stranger who started asking him a bunch of questions. And that connection led to him being on the TEDx stage at the age of 15. So I feel like all those random occurrences and discoveries, the entire foundation of it all was being open and being curious because curiosity is what leads to connection and connection helps open more and more doors that we never even knew existed. Yo, Ryan Hartley here, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. Welcome back to the interview sessions where I put my curious questions to inspiring people. If this is the first time that you push play and you're spending time with us here at the Always Better Than Yesterday community, thank you for taking time out of your day. I really hope that our time spent together leaves you better in some way. You are surrounded by 117 countries of like-hearted human beings. We are connected in this belief that when we get better, those around us get better. And, and the best way we can do that is to be someone that we love, to do more of what we love, and to serve those that we love. If you want to come and join uh, our like-hearted community, head over to Facebook now. Search We Are Always Better Than Yesterday and I just hope that it's a little space on the internet where you can come as you are and hopefully leave a little better. These interview sessions are brought to you by our great friends at Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices. Today on episode 156, I'm joined by Sylvia Farbstein. Sylvia spent the last two decades learning how life presents us with unexpected twists and turns that can shake us to our core or they can provide a catalyst for exciting change. Sylvia has a, has a background uh, working in a private banking industry and had a son named Brandon. He is now 22 but he was at a very young age diagnosed with a rare form of dwarfism. Sylvia, her husband, their eldest daughter and Brandon, their experiences of navigating a world that wasn't built for someone like Brandon prompted them to seek out ways uh, to neither be confined or defined by his limitations, whether perceived or otherwise. This has led Sylvia along an entrepreneurial career path, both for mother and son, and they are impacting millions of lives helping elevate empathy along the way. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. This is Sylvia Farbstein on episode 156. Always love my friends. Sylvia, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you? Thank you. I am doing so great. I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh, it's great, isn't it? I can see some of the things that we're probably going to talk about over the over your shoulder. For those of you that are listening, there's a couple of books, but 
just give us a, a short introduction. Who is Sylvia? Sure. So I am a person who is enthralled with curiosity. I feel like that has been the foundation of everything that has happened in my life. A series of one thing to another that seemed unconnected, but now I realize everything has been connected. So I started out as a private banker in New York City uh, many years ago and did that and happened to meet a fellow on a blind date. That man became my husband 11 months later, and I moved from New York City to Richmond, Virginia, where I ended up um, working full time, having two kids, life was going along as planned until lo and behold, we got our son's diagnosis. At the age of two, our son, Brandon, was diagnosed with a rare form of dwarfism called metatropic dysplasia. Uh, there are less than 100 medically documented cases mm. in the world. Wow. So from you know being a banker and in the financial services world to sort of having this grand plan on how life was going to unfold, we went into a whole world of certainty and that began the journey of learning to embrace change and being open and rather than being stuck in the fear, having a lens of excitement to learn more and uncover and create a solutions oriented life. And so what could have put us in a dark place, my husband and I realized, you know what, we're going to give Brandon the best life possible. And we um, have raised him and his older sister, Brooke. They are now 22 and 24 years old. And I um, am at this season of life where I am open to a whole new chapter as empty nesters. <laughs> um, and I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to work alongside Brandon as he is a professional speaker and author. That's amazing. I love that. And uh, for anyone that um, is clocking on, they've seen your surname before. It's because we had your husband on back on episode 120. It was kind of like lockdown phase at the time. So he was working. I understand he's back in the office now, which is good, right? It is the best. <laughs> yes, it was. It was fine and thrilling to have him home yeah. at first. But after a year of being at home <laughs> together, I think the best thing about our marriage is having the opportunity to say goodbye in the morning and say hello in the evening. <laughs> absolutely. Shout out to Steve. I love absolutely loved having him on. I've, I've always been a, a big admirer of Team Farbstein. Um, yeah, just wonderful things that you you impactful humans are doing. And where should we start? You, you guys, done, I'm going to use the word curiosity. You said the word curiosity at the very start. I did. I started this podcast for that very reason. I'm a curious human being, and I just wanted to know what what kind of worked for people. You know, in in the early days, it was what other kind of what are those successful people doing that uh, maybe we could all learn from. And that was my initial kind of curiosity, and it's and it's led me to being able to have great conversations uh, with great people like you and. Um, you know, how was that your catalyst, you know, your curiosity? What I've realized is that when you are open to uncovering a journey that 
is the unknown um, rather than being fearful of opening up that door and taking a step forward, your curiosity provides this amazing springboard. And for me, it has led me to meeting people in the most random of places and just having those conversations and being open to genuine connection has led us as a family and as individuals to some remarkable opportunities. Um, one that even led our son Brandon to discover his mobility device. And wow. I'm happy to share that story with you if you're interested. Yeah, love it, love to. Absolutely. So in addition to managing Brandon's speaking career, mm -hmm. I also work in the promotional products industry. Mm -hmm. So anything and everything with a branded logo on it is what I do. Mm -hmm. And when Brandon was 14 years old and we took him on his orthopedic doctor appointment, he shared with the doctor that his legs hurt after walking mm -hmm. a few city blocks. Mm -hmm. And the doctor said to him, Brandon, there really are no more surgeries that we can do that will take the pain away from you. So it's time to start thinking about a mobility device. And he gave him two options, a wheelchair or a motorized scooter. And Brandon looked at him and he said, but my legs still work. Why would I put myself in a position not to use them anymore? And why would I want to look up at the world more than I already do? And so the doctor said, I don't know what else there is. And Brandon said, well, what about a Segway? Mm -hmm. And are you familiar with this yep. upright mobility mm -hmm. device? So Segway and mobility device in the past have never gone together. Mm. But the doctor said to him, while I have never seen a patient use this for that purpose, mm. go for it. And so a few months later, I happened to be at a promotional products trade show and lo and behold, in one of the booths is what appeared to be a miniature Segway. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it because it wasn't even branded. So mm. I don't even know what it was doing at a promo trade show. But when I asked the distributor what it was, he very unenthusiastically answered, oh, it's just a high-end toy for rich people. And I looked at him and I said, oh no, there's a segment of the population out there mm. that can use this as a mobility device. And he looked at me as if I had three heads. Mm. Well, a few months later, Brandon purchased the device and was riding on it at the Richmond airport yep. where he met a stranger mm -hmm. who started asking him a bunch of questions. And that connection led to him being on the TEDx stage at the age of 15. So I feel like all those random occurrences and discoveries the entire foundation of it all was being open and being curious because curiosity is what leads to connection and connection helps open more and more doors that we never even knew existed. What do you think, um, you know, I know Brandon will have done loads of this work because he's a curious human being too, but what do you think like his purpose in life has, has been revealed to him? What, what impact is he making in the world? I think his purpose in the world is to change the lens through which people not only see others, mm -hmm. but through which people see themselves. Mm -hmm. And that journey has unfolded 
throughout the years with Brandon first being diagnosed with depression as a young boy, he was about 10 or 11 years old mm. when he came home from school one day and told me that he no longer wanted to be here, mm. that he saw mm. no reason for him to continue living. Yeah. And thank goodness I was home and thank goodness he was comfortable enough to share his tremendous pain with me mm. because that was a cry out for help. Mm. And we got him the mental help that he needed and made him realize that our medical team isn't just our, you know, doctors from pediatricians to eye doctors to dentists. They are also our therapists and our counselors who can really help us get inside our heads and help us understand what it is we are feeling and how to deal and cope with those feelings. So I feel like Brandon's journey has not been an easy one. He suffered for years um, of tremendous cyberbullying to the point where when he was 17 years old, we had to pull him out of high school. But if that hadn't happened to him, then he and I would not have realized that we could use our voices to testify mm. at the Virginia General Assembly, share our experience and our story and help pass legislation. Mm. And over the course of a couple of years, he, we helped pass laws wow. that now require emotional intelligence be taught in all Virginia public schools starting in kindergarten. So that means Brandon's platform of elevating empathy, now kids as young as five and six years old, go to school and learn what empathy is. And wow. it was so interesting, Ryan, because there were several lawmakers that sort of pushed back and said, isn't this already be being taught in the home? And we said, no. And we mm. could say that for sure because of the bullying that takes place. And what really opened my eyes up was at the bill signing when I had to sit face to face with parents who lost their teens to suicide. So when Brandon and I started on this journey, figuring out how he was going to move forward without being a typical high school student that goes into the building and experiences those teen years like his peers do, we started doing the inner work mm. and the inner work led us to meeting a random stranger who introduced us to one of Tony Robbins business partners. Mm. And months later, we were invited as Tony's guests to his Unleash the Power Within. Yeah. And that's where we learned if you don't excavate <laughs> everything that is going on in your inner soul and bring to surface all of those stories that you've heard, that you've embraced, that you tell yourself, that you limit yourself with, then you won't be able to unearth all those beautiful gifts that are within you. Mm, so powerful. So powerful. I love to hear the way you speak about your son. And, and um, you know, I, I think as parents, we always think our, our children are incredible you know one of a kind we always think they're the most beautiful things we've ever seen in the entire world and yet we're not given a blueprint of how to make them feel that themselves and you know and i imagine for as much as brandon's condition was extremely extremely rare making him literally one of a kind 
he didn't maybe feel that on the inside because of the way the world was treating him. And I know that that's a big heart for this book that he's just written, um, a a kid's book about self-love. I've read this with with my two. I I also have a Brooke. Uh, she's six and I have a Corey who is nine and, and we've read that together. And what are, what's the heart behind that book? And, um, you know, it, it journeys a, a lot of Brandon's own um story in there in terms of his own pursuit of of self-love give us a a bit of an insight into into that absolutely so what the pandemic took away Hmm. was all of brandon's live speaking events you know that were scheduled all through Mm -hmm. 2020 but what it brought us was an opportunity to connect with this incredible publisher Hmm. called a kid's company about And they focus on creating a series of books. And now they're doing podcasts and all sorts of things to educate our youth about topics that in the past were considered mature or, you know, not kid friendly. But the first book in the series was a kid's book about racism. And now there have been at least 50 more titles. So when the publisher approached Brandon and said, listen, we resonate with your platform, with everything that you talk about. We see your content online. We would love for you to be one of our authors. And when he started thinking about, well, what topic do I want to write about? He took himself back Mm. to when he was a kid and what was the message that he most needed. Mm. And it wasn't until he did the work as a young adult, right? That he realized the message that he most needed back then was how to love myself. Mm. How is it that I can be aware of my own self-worth and define it by how I feel, not by how others treat me. And so that's how the idea and the topic came about. And it was an incredible thing for me to watch unfold because it really made him step back, think about everything that he's been through, connect the dots of how it led him to the next thing, and also extrapolate the lessons that he learned along the way. So his goal is for this book to get into the hands of as many families and educators as possible, Mm -hmm. because he knows that the words in that book will not only impact those younger kids who might be listening to it, Mm. but for every single adult that reads the book as well. So, you know, for us, we're so into personal development and personal Mm. growth that when you say affirmations, you know, we know exactly what that is. And it's something that we embrace every single day. But what he did in the back of the book, he wrote an oath Mm. that is filled with positive affirmations that kids could say to themselves out loud, looking in the mirror every single day. And he truly feels like if we provide our youth with the foundation on how to cultivate self-love and celebrate your own uniqueness for the glory that it truly is, Mm -hmm. then we are going to see less bullying. Because if you think about it, the bullies are the ones that are feeling so insecure, so unloved Mm -hmm. that they need to lash out. You know, some of them just don't have the dialogue to ask for help. So they take their pain 
and they inflict it on others. And if you really are comfortable with who you are mm. and you learn that life is going to throw all kinds of boulders and obstacles your way, but it still is not going to impact who you are at the core, then that provides just a beautiful foundation to take life on without becoming a bully. Mm. And the dedication at the very start of the book, it says to the bullies in my life, you led me to discover that empathy and self-love are the antidotes to negativity. And I had a moment a couple of years ago with Corey who's, who's experiencing a little bit of bullying. And, um, you know, we, I'd been reading, um, uh, a kid's book. Um, it was by Jocko Willink, you know, the author, the, mm -hmm. the U S Navy seal, and in it is the Uncle Jake, the character teaches the young lad about, you know, he was being bullied and actually it reveals the the pain of somebody else. And I guess that's a really powerful story for a kid to hear, because what, what do they do? They feel like it's a very personal thing. But when we can take a step back and have empathy for the other person who is being the bully, we can see actually there's a whole lot of pain and grief and trauma that that's, that place is coming from. And it's a really, really powerful lesson. It really is. And I love the fact that as a parent, you proactively found this book and you exposed mm. your son to this book, but many parents yeah. don't even know these things exist and they don't have access. And so what they do is they basically are just kind of supporting what our education system is teaching. And mm. I feel like our education system, at least here in the United States, because I'm not familiar with it in the UK, but I feel like at least here, there are so many opportunities to have more of these soft skills yep. being intertwined with every subject matter. Because at the end of the day, if we don't teach our children how to cope with life, they're going to be held back in a lot of ways. And we can't protect them from the pain, from the suffering, but we can surely walk alongside them. We can help them create their own toolbox. Yeah. We can help them realize that we ourselves have fallen, we have failed, mm. and we have figured out how to get back up. And I think, you know, some of the hardest parts of parenting yeah. are taking a step back and letting them figure it out for themselves and letting them build those muscles that they get mm. back up with. Because, you know, when they start walking as toddlers, we don't tell them, oh my gosh, never do that again, never fall. No, we encourage them and we help them celebrate the fact that, okay, you fell, but you can get yourself back up. So we have to continue that as they get older yeah. instead of just forcing them to be on this narrow path of high level performance and top mm. grades mm. because being a good human and being a successful one who lives a fulfilled life, it takes a lot more skills than those, you know, school grades. Mm. Mm. So I feel like we, we all have the opportunity to make a difference. And now especially is a critical time, no matter how old our kids are, they're watching. They're watching yeah. us. They're watching to see how we react, mm. how we experience all of this chaos and uncertainty that doesn't seem to be disappearing. And it is really imperative for us to show up and model the mm. behavior that we would like for them to incorporate into their lives.
please tell me you've watched Ted Lasso. You know, I've gone through a few episodes, but I do have to like find time to binge watch it and catch up with everyone <laughs> yes, you else. Do. Yes, you do. Well, the significance of Ted Lasso is that he has this um, has this sign "Believe," and he puts it across in, in the changing rooms for them all to kind of see and to touch. It's a very great symbol symbology, of, I think, of a great leader and a great parent who will first believe in the potential of their team of their children before it's manifested into the world, right? And I and I guess your role as, as leaders in the home, both you and Steve, like there's no blueprint, there's no manual. This is an incredibly rare um, diagnosis. Like how do you continue to be the light? How do you continue to, how did you continue to keep the faith, the hope, the optimism and have that transfer? So I think very early on, we realized that while our daughter, every time we took her to the pediatrician, she was marked on these growth charts and they would tell us the percentile she was on. We quickly learned that, you know, Brandon is never going to be on those growth charts. So that gave us the framework to realize that we can't compare him to anyone else. We can't even compare him to his sister. So we started just looking at our kids as individuals. And I had to constantly remind myself of that because, you know, when they go to grade school, very early on, they're already being graded and ranked and compared. And, you know, in our school system, even in kindergarten, I sat there at orientation and they were already talking about how you as a parent need to make sure that your kids are set up to be on the advanced track. And I let go of all that. And I started celebrating the small wins and I never mm. took for granted anything that my son was able to accomplish. Yeah. And that gave me just a fresh perspective. I wasn't so caught up in the comparison game. Mm. And I think that made him realize that he didn't need to be caught up in mm. it either. And he didn't need to be confined by it or defined by it, or ever feel like he was lacking or not enough in certain areas. But it was challenging. It was challenging, especially for my daughter, Brooke. You know, here she is a couple of years older than her brother. In her mind, she's not getting the same amount of attention from mom and dad as her brother is. And although Steve and I did the very best we could to make things equitable, of course we couldn't give her the same attention because we were constantly running to doctors and hospitals and you know had all these things and so you have to give yourself as a parent a lot of grace and you can't beat yourself up because we're only human we're yep. going to fall short in areas yep. i feel like there's no such thing as balance it's mm. just one moment at a time. And so, you know, when you kind of have that sort of framework, you also realize that you want to surround yourself with a tribe and village of people that not only support you, but are able to lift you up. And so you become very intentional about who you give your energy to and who you surround yourself with. Because again, those are the people that our kids are watching and seeing. So in our case, we had no family where we lived. We created our own chosen tribe of people. And that has morphed and evolved in, in ways over the years. And then as the um, internet started opening up and Facebook groups started emerging, 
I was happy to find several years ago a Facebook group for this particular condition that Brandon mm -hmm. has. And so we are a group of people who truly get each other. Mm -hmm. And although all of our kids of all ages might experience this diagnosis in different ways, we really could be there to support each other because we get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very powerful. And I think, you know, sometimes we need to, the thing I've had to learn time and time again is that I'm no good to my kids if I've not looked after myself. And I'm sure that there were times on this journey you've had to, you've had to look after yourself. What, what have been some of the big kind of lessons along your way? Wow, Ryan, that really like hits my heart mm. because I feel like in my 40s, I was so focused on doing everything that it takes to make sure that my kids were taken care of that I mm -hmm. forgot about me. Mm -hmm. And that sort of came to a head when I mentioned Brandon was cyberbullied. So he was 17 years old in his junior year of high school and everything just seemed like it was so uncertain when it came to his future because here he was, he asked Steve and I to pull him out of his school um, he went to his guidance counselor. The guidance counselor said, fine, you could finish online. He starts taking these online classes. He's mm -hmm. bored out of his mind because at that point, the caliber of classes offered were very basic. And those weren't the type of classes that he was used to. So here I have a kid who's feeling isolated and bored. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, is he even going to get a high school degree? Mm -hmm. And I gave myself such stress and anxiety yeah. that it manifested in shingles. Wow. And I remember going to the doctor and she gave me the diagnosis and I said, shingles, I'm 50 years old. Like I thought this was an older person's diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm diagnosing more and more women, especially at a younger age. And it's all due to stress. So that was my wake up call. Mm -hmm. And that's what I needed to kind of shake me up and make me realize that I've got to let go because I never had control to begin with. I just convinced myself that yep. I did. <laughs> so I let go. I started having faith that things will unfold as they are meant to. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, I started taking care of myself by having a morning routine, by going out on daily walks, by clearing my mind, by paying attention to nature, by going out in the evening and trying to catch as many sunsets as possible. Oh, yeah. And those are like the simple things, but it mm -hmm. really just made me realize that you can ground yourself yeah. and you can realize that in the whole scheme of things, like we are just a tiny little speck in this universe. And when you're out in nature, especially, and you see the sun rising or setting, it gives you hope that it's a new day or a new one is coming and things will unfold with a fresh start. Um, so those were the things that kind of got me going. And then right before the pandemic, ironically enough, I started uh, working with a coach and I learned transcendental meditation. And so my TM practice has just really created like this beautiful center of calm within me. And I feel like that makes me show up in a better light 
for my family, mm -hmm. but it also helps me connect with the most interesting people. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like once you get right with yourself, you kind of become a magnet to meet people yeah. that are doing the same. I love that. My limited understanding of the transcendental meditation is that it takes you to a connection with a source and a power that is the life force of this world. And um, I guess so often that will, again, to use your phrase, it will speak beyond words. It so often will transcend the intellect. How do you put words to the impact of, of transcendental meditation, if you could? For me, it just has taught me to let go <laughs> because there are going to be times when you meditate that you will have random thoughts come in your head. Mm. And what my coach taught us over and over again, let it go in and let it go out. And you just let go. You're not controlling it. Yeah. You're just letting it flow through you and let it go. So I think that's a beautiful metaphor for just dealing with life. Yeah. Right. We can't change the way people act. We really can't change the circumstances outside of us. Mm. But what we can control is how we react and we, we respond to everything. And learning the skill set of letting go hasn't made me not care about things yeah. but it has enabled me to put things in perspective yeah and it brings peace because there's so much i i was a uh, i was controlling things far beyond the things that i had control over and it brings about pain it brings about being unsettled and and i guess yeah that letting go is is a symbolic way of bringing us back to you know the center and, and to be peaceful in this moment. What does it mean for you to speak beyond words? When I think of speak beyond words, it's showing up in our true light. Mm -hmm. And that goes well beyond what we say yeah. or what we write. It's, it's really how we show up in our energy, in our purpose and being comfortable in our own skin. I have noticed and observed so many people using social media, especially Facebook as kind of a bullhorn mm -hmm. to shout and be angry and you know express all of their frustration. And perhaps it makes them feel good at the end of the day, I don't know, but I feel like it makes them show up in a light that they don't want to be seen as, you know, so speak beyond words is really just figuring out what is it that ignites your soul, mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with those activities, with those people, with that purpose, and just showing up in your true light. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Where can people connect with you? Where's the best place to send people? Yeah, Instagram and Facebook speak beyond words. I am also on LinkedIn under Sylvia Farbstein. I'm in the process of creating my website, but you can certainly connect with Brandon and I on his website, mm -hmm. brandonfarbstein.com. I love it. What a journey for a banker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you never know. You never yeah. know. And I think that's the other life lesson that we need to instill in our kids that, you know, you may have this idea of what your yeah. life is going to look like, but it very well may unfold in so many ways that you don't yeah. expect. 
I love that. Thank you so much for your time. I'd just love to know what the phrase always better than yesterday means to you. What it means to me is that we have an opportunity to grow and evolve and become a better version of ourselves every mm. single day. And I think that's what life is about, figuring out what one thing you could do to be better than yesterday. Love that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for the the way I think I said this to Steve is, is the way that you lead, the way that you, you lead your family, the human beings that you've raised into this world and the gifts that they're going to become for so many, the impact they've already had, the impact that they're going to go on to do. Thank you for enabling this product to come and have a ripple effect over here on these shores too. And um, just be honored if you'd leave us a final thought from your good self. Thank you so much, Ryan. I just want to commend you on the work that you do. I Thank think you. that the world needs your message in such a bold, powerful way. If we could figure out how to fill every <laughs> billboard with your amazing messages, life kind would be just more beautiful than ever. Um, but I, I am just grateful that Clubhouse connected us. There was something magical about being on that platform in the height of the pandemic mm. and connecting just with human voice. I, I feel like that really made for a heart to heart connection with so many great people on the platform. Um, the one last thought that I would say would be about our children. Mm. Always remember that our kids are not an extension of us and learn to yes. see them for who they are mm. and not the vision of who you want them to be. <laughs> That is what is going to empower them to shine as bright as they are meant to be. Great advice. Thank you so much, Sylvia. Absolutely. Thank you. There we go. Episode 156 with Sylvia Farbstein. Please do share this with someone that you wish to inspire. If you haven't subscribed yet already, please go and do that. Leave us a review if you'd be kind enough. Uh, I'd love to know your thoughts and your feelings on this episode. And uh, again, if this is the first time that you spent time with us here, thank you for taking time out of your day. Thank you for making it to the end of the episode. And I hope the previous 155 interview sessions and various other insights from my heart and mind continue to serve you well. Have a great day. Please do keep this a two-way conversation. Screenshot this, tag us both in, um, let us know your thoughts and your feelings. Ask us any questions you may have, and I look forward to sharing time and space with you again soon. Always love, my friends.